Well, uh, welcome everyone. Please take a seat right where you are. Uh, as Chris said before, uh, my name is Josh and uh, today's uh, message is going to be a little bit different. Uh, today's message is a lot more like adult show and tell because um, uh, today um, what I'm going to be talking about is what I learned on holidays. Now, back end of last year in November, um, I um, went away for an entire month um, and I went all sorts of places. In fact, um, where's the picture? Um, I began in Brisbane, flew to Melbourne um, just for one day and it, it's going to seem a little bit weird why I flew to Melbourne because I didn't need to. I was actually flying to the United States but I flew to Melbourne first for one day because uh, my second favourite artist of all time, Taylor Swift was playing and I just couldn't miss her concert so I went to Melbourne on my own. I fangirled hard, had my t-shirt, had my streamers, had my flag. Um, it was an incredible time. Then hopped on the plane and um, had 14 hours to, for my voice to recover, flew all the way to LA and then went to Toronto. Um, and um, while I was in Toronto, I was there for a couple of days, went to Niagara Falls, which was just incredible. Um, it's just a, a wonderful place. Uh, it was fall at the time, so it was just beautiful, like orange and yellow colours just everywhere. There were squirrels everywhere, and I thought they were the coolest things ever, but um, apparently Canadians hate them. They're like the equivalent of crows or rats over there, but like I just love the squirrels. They'd come up to you, and you want to pet them, but then you're a little bit scared. Um, so I went from uh, Toronto... Um, then through to Boston for a couple of days to watch the Boston Celtics play, then went to uh, New York City. And I was in New York City for 10 days, um, and words can't describe just how incredible that place is. Um, it is the city that never sleeps. Like, believe me, I was up, like, I was out and about at 4 a.m., and it was still packed. Like, it was 8 a.m., packed, 12 p.m., packed. 4am packed, it was just packed all the time, you're walking around and you're like on the movie set of your favourite films, there's like, um, like just so many incredible things, I'm going around, I, I remember that movie was filmed there and that movie was filmed there, you go through Central Park and I'm a big gossip girler so I'm like, oh these are from all like the episodes and it was just really cool, then I flew from New York um, all the way to um, San Fran and then did like a 10 day road trip from San Fran uh, to LA and it was just an incredible time, month trip. I, I experienced and saw a lot, I actually learnt a lot as well and that's what I want to share with you. I learned a lot of cool things um, like about like the Empire State Building, that history. Uh, I learnt why the um, Broadway is on a diagonal and it's the only street in New York on a diagonal. I learned about the history behind that. I also learnt something really cool, um, it was about the teddy bear um, and how the teddy bear got its name Teddy. Um, Never like thought like struck me as an important detail, but I learned it while I was on holidays. Apparently, um, Theodore Roosevelt, also titled Teddy Roosevelt, uh, was in a bear hunting contest, and um, everyone else uh, wanted to shoot the bear, and he said, "No, we're not going to shoot the bear. That's silly. Uh, we're going to catch the bear and not harm it." And then word spread of that, and that's how the bear, the stuffed toy, got its name Teddy. It's named after Teddy Roosevelt. Um, so, learn some really cool things. That's a fun fact for next time you're playing trivia. Um, and you can whip that one out. I also learnt something about this thing, generosity. Um, while I was over in the States, um, I'm just like a church kid through and through. Um, I go to church like 
once on a Sunday or twice on a Sunday. I'm just like really churchy kid. Um, so when I go on holidays, um, I go like take it as an opportunity to visit different churches. Um, so while I was over there, I visited four or five different churches, and every message that I listened to was on this thing, generosity. And then I did this road trip from San Fran to LA, and when I was on that, I listened to some podcasts from some of the messages from my favorite uh, churches that I follow, and every message they gave was on this thing, generosity. And then I got back from overseas, um, and the first message that we listened to, that I listened to here at Beyond was, guess what, on this thing, generosity. Now, in total, I listened to nine messages in a row on generosity, um, and in my experience, when you listen to nine messages in a row on generosity, generally God's trying to tell you something. So I learned a lot um, about this thing, generosity. Um, now, as a kid, um, I'd, I learned about kind of that generosity was important um, and that it was a, a thing that was about, it was an act of giving. And while that is some point of it, it's not the entire thing. So um, today I want to share with you this thing about generosity because from my experience, I've discovered that is the best way to live. Now, before I go on and kind of tell you what I learned about generosity, I just want to preface something and get this out of the road because some of you are probably sitting there going, what can this kid teach me about managing my money? Like, do you own a home? No, I live with my parents. Like, do you um, like have a full-time job? Well, answer's no. I'm a uni student who works as a part, has a part-time job at the international airport as a rapper. Not a gangster rapper, but a glad rapper, like a glad rap luggage. So I don't make a lot of money. So I can't really teach you a lot about how to manage your money, but that's not what I'm here to do. If you want to learn how to manage your money well, go do a course, read a book, learn from really wise financial people. Today, I'm not teaching you how to manage your money. What I want to teach you is a principle that applies to generosity. Now, the beautiful thing about a principle is regardless of whether you earn $200,000 or uh, a year or $20,000 a year, the principle still applies to you. Regardless of whether you live at home, um, whether you rent or whether you own your own house and you're paying off a mortgage, the principle still applies to you. How it may look practically might be different, but the principle is still the same. So, with no further ado, I want to share with you this principle. Um, so, growing up, I'd learned that generosity was an important thing, and um, I'd always seen generosity as equaling the act of giving. That when you gave to a charity, when you gave to somebody else in need, I'd always seen that as being, uh, as generosity. And the more you gave, the more generous person you were. And to a degree, that is right. But it's not the entire picture of what generosity is when you read the teachings of Jesus. See, what Jesus taught about generosity is that generosity is not simply the act of giving, but generosity goes beyond the act of giving. And it's actually an approach to living. It's not just the act of giving, but it goes beyond it. It's the approach to living. And giving is simply the consequence of applying this approach to your life. And so I want to share with you this approach, um, this approach to living, because all of us approach our money or approach our finances in some way. Not all of us uh, approach it the same way, uh, and there is a way which we can approach it, which is um, a generous approach. Now, 
to do that, I've got to share with you kind of three categories that fall into our finances. The first category is live. This is like the money that goes towards your, uh, to sustaining your standard of living. Uh, this is the money that you spend on your water bills. This is like your fuel money. This is like the, your groceries. This is all the money that goes towards sustaining um, your standard of living. Um, so we've got that category. The second category that falls into everyone's financial um, thing, and these are broad categories, but that's save. And the savings account, this is everything in your, your bank account. This is everything that you've stored away to invest in your future. The money that you've stored away to, to pay for that car, to, to pay for your house, the money that you've stored away to pay um, for your kids um, to go to school, all your savings. And then there's the third category, which is give. And this is um, all the money that you give away to others, whether that's a charity, whether it's an organization, whether it's a cause, maybe it's a person going through a difficult time. So there's our three categories when it comes to our finances. Live, save, give. And how we prioritize these three things is how we approach our finances. Now, in my kind of experience, there are two major approaches to prioritizing our um, finances. The first one is what I like to call me first living with some leftover given. In other words, um, we come first in this approach. Me first. And so we get paid and we go, and it goes straight into the living account. It goes, um, I've got water bills to pay. I've got um, fuel to pay for. I've got groceries to pay for. And we just put it all in the living account. This approach puts your living first. You come first. For some of you, this is why you're in debt. Because um, you don't earn enough money to sustain your standard of living. And all your money goes towards living. And so you use 100% or over 100% to kind of attain this desired standard of living. Now, some of you actually have some savings because you were taught the benefit of savings and you have actually lived underneath um, how much you earn. And so with the money that you have left over, you put it towards your savings. Um, and you put it in there and you save it away for a rainy day. Um, you put it away there for a day when you want to go on holiday or when you want to buy a home or when you want to um, buy a car or when maybe you want to give a gift to your grandchildren. But you put it away in your savings account. And we put everything into that and we put ourselves, our living first and our savings second, all the while leaving our giving to last. And we kind of just give what's ever left over. And there's no problem with saving your money. And I'm not against you using your money to buy what you want and to buy what you need. Um, however, the, the problem with putting yourself first when it comes to your money is that you either put um, giving to the side and you say, I can't give right now. If I earned more money, then I would give. But right now, I don't have enough to give. So I'm not going to give right now. Or other us, others of us do give and we pull through our pockets and we're like, ah, oh, well, actually, I do have like a couple like dollars. Maybe, yeah, look, I can give that. And that's all I can give. We just give sparingly. We just give what's left over. This, in my experience, a, a large way of we approach our finances. 
And it's not actually the amount that's the problem when it comes to this approach. You could put a whole lot of money into this give account and still not be a generous person, at least in the way that Jesus teaches. Because it's not about how much you give, but it's about the priority that you place on it. See, um, and a way to illustrate this is like this teaching that Jesus has um, with, uh, that he uses uh, like an experience when he's in like the, the temple with his 12 disciples. And his 12 disciples um, and him are kind of at the back of this temple and they're watching this offering jar go around. And there are some really rich people who are throwing in $100 bills, they're throwing in a lot of money, they're throwing in a lot of presents. They're just giving a lot of their money into this offering box. And we think, wow, they are generous people. Wow, they are just giving so much. And then the offering jar comes around to this old widow. It's poor old widow. And she just has two copper coins. And she places that in the offering box. It's only worth a couple cents. And then Jesus kind of leans back and leans over to his boys and tells them kind of um, this thing about what they had just witnessed. And he says, I tell you, this poor widow put more money in the offering box than all the others. This poor widow put two coins in, worth a couple cents, put more money in than all the others who put in oh, so much more. And here's why. For the others put in what they had to spare of their riches. They put in what was left over. They put themselves first and they gave what was left over. But she, poor as she is, put all she had. She gave all she had to live on. She placed her giving above her living. And that is the approach that Jesus teaches his disciples around generosity. Jesus flips the script when it comes to generosity and says, when we approach, we give first, we save second, and we live third. That's what generous living looks like. It's called the give first and live off what's left approach. We give first. We give to charity. We give to the people in need. We put others first in our life, um, particularly when it comes to our finances. Then we save second because saving is important and we live off what's left. We reduce our standard of living so that we can actually be generous towards others. And that's essentially what I learned on holidays. I learned that the give first approach versus the me first approach. And what I discovered about myself when I was learning these approaches is I had a me first approach. I'd give money, but I wouldn't give it first. It was the last priority. My living, buying fuel, groceries, um, paying bills was the first thing that I'd put on uh, my finance priority list. Second, savings, and if I had something left over, then I'd give it. And I was kind of discovered that hey, I need to reprioritize my standard of, of my approach to living. And I began this process of giving first. And I've been on this process for about five months. And I've discovered that this is actually the best way to live. And that's why I want to share with you, uh, with you today because I genuinely believe if you apply this to your life, if you give first, save second, and live third, it will change your life for the better. Now, I could just finish right there but I'm not going to because there's more to generosity than just giving because generosity is not primarily a financial matter, but
but it's rather a matter of the heart. Finance, when it comes to generosity, is more about your heart than it is about how much you give. And that's what makes generosity so hard to do because it's something within us that tells us we don't have enough, that, we're not go- that we need to store away our finances, that if we give, we may not have enough for ourselves. And there's really this beautiful story um, in Mark's Gospel uh, which illustrates this whole thing, that it's about the heart, not about your finances when it comes to generosity. And it's a story of this man, the rich young ruler. And Mark uh, tells us that there's, Jesus is in uh, walking through Jerusalem and this man, who, this rich young ruler, runs up to Jesus and falls at his feet. He stops him in his tracks. This man is, is extremely wealthy, extremely rich, and he stops Jesus and asks him this question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do, Jesus, to inherit eternal life? Please teach me. Tell me what I need to do. And Jesus says to the rich young ruler, you know the commandments. Have you kept them? And he says, yes, I've kept all of them since I was a boy. And Jesus says, well, good. However, there's one thing you lack. And Jesus looks at the man. Mark tells us this, that he felt love for him. And Mark includes this because he wants us to know that what Jesus is about to tell him is because he loves him, not because he wants to harm him. Jesus goes on to say to the rich young ruler, this is what you must do to inherit eternal life. You lack one thing. Go sell whatever you have and give it away. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Give it all away. Go sell it and then come follow me. Now, if I'm honest, just to, just to pause here, I've never understood this teaching. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me why Jesus would tell this man to sell whatever he has to give and give it away. Like, is, it, is Jesus, like, against rich people and people being wealthy? Is um, Jesus, like... Does Jesus not like this guy? Well, well, we can't say that because Jesus, uh, Mark tells us that he felt love for him. So why does he have to sell everything? There is like no commandment in the Old Testament that requires you to sell everything you have to follow and serve God. So why does Jesus tell him to do this? Like I've always understood the second part. Like Jesus is the way to life and life is only found in him. So um, You've got to follow him. Relationship, it's not about following commandments. It's about following Jesus. That's where eternal life is found. I always understood that part. But I never understood the first part. Why does he have to give away before he gets to follow Jesus? Nobody else, none of the other disciples had to do that. So why does this man? And the reason why I've discovered is because this rich young ruler actually was ruled by his money. He was mastered by his money. He was not the master of his money. And Jesus understood that you can't have two masters. You can't have two rulers. You can't be mastered by your money and serve God. You've got got to either love one and hate the other. And Jesus tells him, hey, I want you to follow me, but there's going to be something that gets in the way of that. 
and that's your finances, and that's why I need you to let it go. Um, there's kind of this song, it's called, um, uh, what's the name, uh, Let It Go, and it really just illustrates this whole um, kind, of, um, kind of scenario that's going on here, and I'll just read you out a bit of the lyrics. It says, Because you only need the light when it's burning low, only miss the sun when it starts to snow, only know you love her when you let her go. And that's really what Jesus is really pressing into here. That we only discover how much of a hold money has on us when we have to let it go. And when we can't, that's when we see that money is really holding us and we're not holding it. That we're mastered by it, not the master of it. Jesus says, if you want to be the master of your money, you've got to learn to let it go. If you want to be the master of your money, you've got to be able to give it away. And by giving it away, you show it that you are the master, that you are the ruler of it. Here's the cute, catchy way I used to, like, used to remember this. Telling your money to go is proof it ain't running the show. By telling your money to go, by, telling it to, by giving it away, you're proving that it's not running the show, that you are, in fact, the master. Now, Jesus teaches all this. Um, he teaches a lot about finances. And in fact, he teaches so much about finances um, is because um, he understood just how important it was. Because he understood that so many of us become so tied to our finances that we can't let it go, that we actually become ruled by it. And when it comes to giving, we have these internal conversations with ourselves. Well, if I let it go, if I, if I give it away, am I going to have enough for me? We start worrying that, oh, if I give it away, then what if I miss out? What if, what if I end up on the street? Maybe if I start begin to practice giving first, then I, I start getting really worried about what's going to happen to my future. And that's what happened to the rich young ruler. He doesn't actually follow Jesus. He turns him down on the offer to follow him because he couldn't let go of his money. He was so worried, but if I, if I let it go, then I won't, I won't have any left for me. And so he turns down Jesus on his offer. And he really misses out on what he truly wanted. He was the one who came to Jesus and asked him, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, follow me. Life is found in me. But he can't follow Jesus because his money won't let him go. And so he becomes mastered and ruled by his money. This is particularly important if you're a Christian. Um, Jesus puts it this way. He says, no one can serve two masters. For you will either love one and hate the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You cannot serve God and be ruled by your money. And the way to overcome your money, you've got to give it away. And when you give it away, you are freed from your money, you are freed from its holding, you're free from the anxiety and the worry that's often attached to the subject of your money. Not only that, but when you give your money away, you reflect who God is. Because a give-first approach to your finances is really an others-first approach to your life. By giving first, you place others first. And that's what Jesus' life was all about. He came not to be served, but to serve. 
He came to put you and I first. And he would exclamation mark that point when he would die for the sins of the world. And he would put the entire world above himself and he would put them first. He would give up his life. He would give up everything for us. And when we give first, we reflect just who God is and how generous he is. When we put others first, we show that Jesus put others first as well. And so, as we wrap up today, we'll jump into the application. And I want to issue you with a two-month challenge. I'm not going to give you something that you can just do this week because generosity, as I said right at the start, is not an action it's an approach to living and it takes time to develop a habit. It's not developed overnight. It will take you time. So for the next two months, um, I want to challenge you to do two things. The first thing is I want you to choose a percentage of your income and give it away as soon as you get paid. Choose a percentage of your income and don't like choose half a percent. That's like, you're not going to miss that. Like choose a percentage that's going to make you kind of, it's going to pinch you a little bit. It's going to make you go, uh, like, do I have to give that much? Like, that's going to that's gonna make me uncomfortable. Whatever that uncomfortable percentage is, pick that. Um, and if that's not clear enough for you, like C.S. Lewis kind of puts it really cool. He says, like, if our charities do not pinch or hamper us, I should say they're too small. They ought, there ought to be things that we should like to do and cannot do because a charitable expenditure excludes them. That we actually, like, can't live to the full extent, like there are some things that we miss out on because we put giving first. So whatever that percentage is, we just want you to choose that and then I want you to give it away as soon as you get paid. As soon as it comes in, like give it away, what, wh- whatever that percentage is. Now, some of you might be thinking, where do I give it? Well, I would say wherever, like whatever cause is close to your heart. If there's a cause or a charity that's close to your heart, then give it there. Um, in other words, give to what you believe in. Now, some of you might be thinking, because we're in church, do I have to give to the church? Um, and my honest answer is, well, no, you don't have to. If you believe in the mission and the vision and direction of the church, then give to the church. If you don't, then don't. Like, there has been so many bad messages on giving to the church um, and it kind of makes me uncomfortable talking about it because I just know how bad they are and like I just really don't want to be associated with it. But giving to the church is not a bad thing. The church doesn't want your money, or at least Beyond doesn't want your money. Beyond wants to create a church unchurched people love to attend. Beyond wants to serve people and love people and want people to come to know uh, Jesus and the love he has for them. That's what Beyond wants. It doesn't want your money. If you never choose to give Beyond, Beyond couldn't care less. We just want you to be generous to whoever that is. However, um, if, you do, if you do believe in the mission vision of Beyond and you do want to give, I'd, I'll give this analogy to kind of explain what giving to the church is. It's like the fuel you put in your car. It helps the car move forward. And so if you want to help Beyond move in the direction of its intention, then 
put fuel in the car because it'll help us get there first or get there uh, faster. But if you don't, then don't. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to pay attention to the internal tension this creates in you. There will be conversations that rise to the surface and you will begin uh, asking yourself, do I really have to do this? You, some of you have been having this conversation with yourself or with me um, for the last kind of half an hour and you've been like, Josh, do I really have to give? Like, you don't know my bank balance. Like, well, I don't. Well, but you should give it anyway. Um, some of you are going to write this whole message off and, you know, um, and you're going to give 0%. And if that's you, that's okay. I still want you to take that card that's on your seat which says, I commit to give blank percentage. And I want you to write zero. If you commit to giving zero, then write zero. And what will happen when you commit to give zero, like it will rise to this, this question will rise to the surface and you will have to answer it. Why? Why am I going to give nothing? For some of you, you haven't given anything, but you've, it's never come to the surface. It's never come front and center. I want you to bring it front and center and ask yourself why. Because when you do, you might discover what Jesus was talking about was true. That maybe you're a lot like the rich young ruler. Maybe you're ruled by your money, not the ruler of it. Others of you, you're going to come face to face with this tension when you come to give. And I want you to engage with those questions and then I want you to engage with those excuses and then I want you to give the money anyway. And from giving over the next two months, what you may discover is that this is actually the best way to live. Because this isn't just something I learnt over the last month or five months or while I was on holidays. This is actually something that I've learnt from applying to my own life. And it's difficult, like I don't always get it right and I'm still on the journey of giving first. But what I've discovered is that living generously, that giving first is actually the best way to live. It frees you from that, that burden, that worry, that anxiety that's often attached to your finances. And you'll also save more, you'll give more, and believe it or not, you'll be more satisfied than ever with how much you have and how much you earn. And so that's today's message. That's what I learned on holidays. And I hope that you will learn and discover for yourself that living generously is the best way to live. So choose a percentage and give it away as soon as you get paid. You won't regret it. I certainly don't. Uh, why don't you let me pray for you? Heavenly Father, uh, we just want to thank you for everything you've given us. We just want to thank you for putting us first and putting yourself second, that you came to serve and not to be served and we just pray lord that you would help us to put our finances um, and approach them in such a way where others come first that we give first save second and live third and pray that you would help us to discover that that your approach to living that this living generously approach is actually the best way to live you probably sings in your name I'm it.